Welcome back, everybody, to the J&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Swarski, joined by my good friend, Justin Carroll. Justin, how are you on this uh, Sunday evening? Jaws, I got two words for you, all right? Do you want me to tell you? What? That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Your guy Otis, man. He, he got it done. Got the job done. He sure did. But I'll come with you, coming at you with a special, uh, what is this? This is probably like 11 and a half. So a special edition of the J&J Wrestling Podcast. Of course, we have to hit on the pay-per-views tonight being Money in the Bank, the most uh, – what, what were they? What were they uh, billing it as? The most unique Money in the Bank ladder match ever, or something like that. Yeah, so uh, that was it. It sure was unique. Uh, the most unique I've ever seen for a uh, ladder match. There, the corporate ladder, climb the corporate ladder, and they were going in and out of uh, buildings and stuff like that. So uh, it, it was uh, interesting. What do you think? What do you make of the whole thing? Overall, or just the Money in the Bank ladder match? The ladder match for now. I thought it was pretty unique. You know, we had some cool appearances. That was. That it was. It was definitely better than the Firefly Funhouse match. But I don't think, I mean, I might be, eh, I, I wouldn't call it biased. But I would say it was not as good as the Boneyard match. But I do think it was pretty good overall. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it was certainly better than the Firefly Funhouse debacle, whatever that was. Uh, wasn't quite the Boneyard match, just because storytelling-wise, guys going everywhere in a food fight, even that. So while we're here, I mean, let's get right into it. I think I think it's only fair that we uh, hit it head on here. For sure. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? I'll get it underway. Uh, during the pre-show, I think we both missed it. Uh, Jeff Hardy beat Cesaro, beat him with a swanton bomb. I didn't quite catch the whole match. Uh, I didn't quite catch any of it. I saw that just the very end. Uh, I know you didn't quite catch it either, right? I forgot that pay-per-view started uh, 7 instead of 8 now, so it sort of screwed me over a little bit. Yeah, same here. Um or more or less, I forgot it was like six six thirty, and it kind of crept, crept, crept. Oh my crept. goodness! Yeah, crept, crept up on me to <laughs> say the least. So, yeah, Hardy wins Swanton Bomb. I they announced the match yesterday at one a.m. So <laughs> I didn't realize that Saturday at one or Sunday morning at one a.m. They announced that Jeff Hardy would be taking on Cesaro in the pre-show. At six thirty, so that was Who very was awake weird. To I know think. that, what? Who was awake to know that? I don't know, but they tweeted it out and made it official. Whatever. One a.m. Anyway, I thought that was a little weird. Quite the odd time to announce a match, but um, either way, uh, Hardy wins back in the wind calm uh, in his return. So we get right into the pay per view. Uh, start off with the fatal four way tag match. Uh, I wasn't too involved in this or too uh, too uh, influenced by this, to say the least. It was there. Uh, New Day uh, retains the titles. 
the only thing that caught my eye was that Riker got thrown out, even though it was a no DQ match. That was a little weird. That was a good thing to note, Jaworski. But one thing that I noted was how good the Forgotten Sons are getting. Jack, uh, yeah, Jackson Riker's timing is great. Steven Cutler and Wesley Blake are a terrific tag team. There was nothing too awful about this match, I thought. The only thing bad about this match to me was how long Lucha House Party was involved in this match. Because they're not too established at all. Like, you have this tag team, the Forgotten Sons, that have just taken out the New Day two weeks ago. And then, you know, we got the Miz and Morrison who are just tag team champions. So for them to be in the mix was a little weird. And for the amount of time that they were involved with the match was a little off-putting to me. But I thought that they needed to mix it up just a tiny bit. But still, overall, I thought it was a pretty good match. Nothing really caught my eye, I don't believe. I just pretty much said how great the Forgotten Sons are. And yeah, that was pretty much it. Yep, Forgotten Sons, uh, big fans of ours. Or we're vice versa, definitely big fans of them. uh, Especially now, coming onto the scene on Friday Night Smackdown, but the New Day uh, keeps the uh, culture the same on Friday Night Smackdown. Retaining the belts, uh, they win. I think uh, Miz took the pin there, so even more to complain about for the Miz and Morrison on Friday Night Smackdown. After then, we had a Drew McIntyre interview. I wish all the mothers out there happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Uh, anyway, uh, McIntyre goes on to say how he's going to kick his head off or kick his teeth out or something along the lines of him saying he's going to kick something off. Uh, then we go right into uh, our truth coming out to the ring. He's sitting in his what's up deal uh, to nobody in the crowd, mind you, uh, panning to the crowd. But uh, I was surprised. I'm, I'm sure that was all off the top, off the dome there, freestyle from our truth. So uh, I was surprised at how good he kept up there. He, he's a legit, legitimate rap artist i guess yeah he is i actually have one of his songs set it off in my hype playlist because it's actually a pretty decent song but no um our truth actually did that he recorded his entire theme song so of course he knows it he didn't just freestyle that not to diss on our truth or anything well no he i know he has i know he made up that song i know he wrote and you know produced it or whatever my sang it but he always comes out to like sometimes at the or back in the day, or not too long ago at least, the the music would have like the his background vocals in it, like the yeah. regular theme. But now he like does it live, so I think he does actually freestyle some of it. He might, he might. I don't know. I haven't listened to his entire theme song. It is a banger, but not enough for me to listen to it. You know, on my free time or anything like that. But. Were you aware of this match with MVP and R-Truth before the show started? No, I had no idea. I was I thought it was going to be like one of those like kind of like stupid things where someone starts beating somebody up and then that's it. Because it, for a lo- the longest time, there was no ref. Even after R-Truth was helping MVP out with his baller status, I think it was. Yeah, the there baller, was no ref. Yeah, there was no ref. And then Bobby Lashley ends up coming out. And I'm thinking to myself, what is going on right now? And then Bobby pretty much tells MVP that he can take the night off and he's got this. And then R-Truth is like, yeah, I deserve the night off too. And so he ends up smacking Bobby Lashley, quote unquote, accidentally in the face, which upsets Bobby Lashley. 
And so R-Truth needs some time to get off the stuff he wore in his entrance. Then we get straight into the match. Nothing too special here. Bobby Lashley ends up pinning R-Truth with a spear. What do you think of this? If you had any uh, thoughts. I didn't have any thoughts of it. I think it was a waste of time. I think that uh, the pay-per-view could have been over at like 9, like 20 instead of 9.25 if it weren't for this match. So it was it it such a big sure. difference. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that just it's a numbers game. So, so essentially, that's what uh, that's what it would have came down to there. But after that uh, match, quote unquote, we had Bailey versus Tamina. I wanted to know real quick: no, La- no Lana again for Bobby Lashley. Are they officially done here? I don't know. They could just be making fans forget about it. But I think MVP is going to start managing people again because it seems like he's having a lot of. A- Ugh, excuse me, a lot of alliances with people like Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne. Now it's Bobby Lashley. He could be starting to play into that manager role again. Well, not again, but at something new for his career. Right. So he could be on the lookout for that. We'll have to see where Lana and MVP go as to the uh, Bobby Lashley baby mama drama, whatever you want to call it. So we get into Bailey versus Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And, uh, you want to take this match over too? <laughs> you know, I was eating dinner with my mother for Mother's Day. I didn't get to witness this match. <laughs> I just want to throw it over so I knew I'd uh, throw you out of place there. But uh, essentially, <laughs> Bailey versus Tamina. Uh, Tamina and Bailey go back and forth for the beginning part of the match. And then towards the end here, Tamina looks like she's got it. She had the Samoan drop. Looked like she was going for the splash, but hit the Samoan drop. Goes to pin Bailey. Sasha slides in the ring, does not attack her, but uh, definitely caught Tamina's eye. Uh, Tamina then chases after her. Then Bailey catches her with a roll up. One, two, three. Bailey retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. I did get to see the aftermath of when Bailey won, and Sasha was just on her knees, pretty much saying to Bailey, like, yeah, you did good, you know? And I thought she was going to, like, end up hitting her and then turn on her best friend, Bailey. But that did not happen. So it led me to think, is the relationship all okay again? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I mean, it's definitely been a rocky road for uh, both of those uh, two competitors there, uh, especially considering how many times Sasha has turned on somebody, whether who or whomever it might be. But uh, once again, Bailey gets the win with the help of Sasha. So it looks like everything's going all right over there, uh, for now at least. For sure. Then after this, we had a little video of Seth Rollins saying how it is his duty to be the face of WWE. And it's not Drew's job, but instead it is his job. But then after this, we get Braun Strowman, our Universal Champion, Against Bray Wyatt. Not The Fiend, but Bray Wyatt. So he comes out with the Firefly Funhouse music. And not going to lie, it's pretty enjoyable to watch Bray Wyatt come out. And he's all joyful and whatnot. I think this whole thing, and also throughout his match, it really humanizes The Fiend itself, I believe. I don't know about you, but I think it sort of humanizes... Bray Wyatt to a sense that, you know, he is somewhat normal, but he's also somewhat of a psychopath, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so it kind of like really plays into his character, 
which is great, I think. I mean, humanizing him is one is probably a good thing in the sense of, you know, it kind of plays into like the mystique and the the weirdness and the the craziness and the, and the, you know, the the scariness of the fiend character. Like this guy is like actually insane. You know, that I I think that's great for him that he can both put on matches with the fiend persona and then with himself. So it kind of it kind of blends into one where it can you, he really makes it work both ways. Exactly. And Bray Wyatt is such a good wrestler. Anything he does, he is just terrific from the mic to his in-ring work to pretty much anything. Bray Wyatt is so good. And he really proved it to me throughout this match. So, you know, I don't really know how to get into this right away. But basically, you know, Braun Strowman got some offense on Bray Wyatt. Then he was going to do the thing where he goes to the outside of the ring and pounces his opponent. So he was going to do that at Bray Wyatt. And he was pretty close to the announcing table. And so he was running, running, running. Then Bray got out of dodge. And Braun Strowman ran right into the announcer's table and almost broke the darn thing. And I, I was thinking to myself, oh, man, he really ran into that thing. So then yeah, he, he did. He did a whole like there was like a whole commotion over the table. Yeah. And then also the pick puppet comes out of nowhere and says, I think it was something along the lines of finishing Bray. And so Bray Wyatt ends up getting more aggressive towards Braun Strowman. Throws him into the ring, starts to beat down on him a little bit. And then there was a, a moment throughout the match where Braun Strowman goes to the outside. And so he gets back up and he's wearing a broken black sheet mask. And Bray Wyatt says something along the lines of, I knew you'd come back. Gets on his knees. Braun Strowman gets into the ring, rips off his shirt. And, then, you know, it's just, you know, his chest. So he gets on his knees as well, spreads his arms out like Bray does. They both hug. They both come up. And then I sort of lost track about this because I got a little distracted. But I think it was something like Braun took off the mask, stepped on it, and then he pretty much got uh, Bray Wyatt into a power slam and then pinned him to retain his Universal Championship. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nope, you hit it right in the head. Uh, he takes off the mask, he steps on it, uh, grabs his neck, flips him over for the power slam. Bang, one, two, three. Strowman does not come home. He is your champion, uh, retains his championship, and still is your champion on Friday Night SmackDown. Oh, and um, also the puppets, like all the other puppets, also appeared when they were pretty much saying that Braun is back and that he knew that, well, they knew that he would come back. Yeah, uh, we could have left those in the back. Uh, no puppets, but uh, it's okay. Yeah, To me, this was a pretty good match, though. I thought it was decent. I texted you on the telephone that uh, if it's not a stupid, you know, Firefly Funhouse, Bray could put on a match. And he's put on great matches before, so I don't know why they even, you know, bothered to do that. I mean, him and Cena could have put on another classic. I think they're... Their match at WrestleMania 30 was really good. And I think oh, they could sure. have done even better now that Wyatt's more experienced and John Cena is just, he's the franchise. For me, this match was pretty good. Like you said, 
Bray is able to put on a good match, what seems like with everybody at this point, which is good now that he's getting to that point of his career, that he can have a good match with anybody. And it's pretty hard to come by. Like Guys like AJ Styles can have a good match with anybody. Sami Zayn can have a good match with anybody. Daniel Bryan, same thing. So I think if Bray Wyatt is able to either do, well, I would say necessarily just stick with the Bray Wyatt thing for right now, I think he would be able to put on really good matches with some pretty good competitors. Absolutely. But not this time. Strowman gets the upper hand, is your winner, heading back to SmackDown as champion. Then we had another uh, The Truth Will Be Heard vignette. Um, I'm starting to lose my patience on this one. (laughs) I mean... I'm not too invested in this. The only big, like, thing that the hacker, I'll just call him the hacker, the hacker has done was reveal that Sonya texted texted Otis off Mandy's phone, which set up the whole storyline between uh, all four of those guys. But other than that, they haven't done much with him, I don't think. Nope. Uh, It's just been vignette after vignette of him doing hack stuff, I guess. So, uh, still waiting on his arrival. After this, we had Rollins versus McIntyre. I almost said main event time, but uh, we're not quite there yet. And uh, Seth Rollins is not burning it down anymore. No, he got a new theme song. And I've been meaning to say that I think Seth Rollins does need new music. His personality now just doesn't fit the music that he comes out to. And sure enough, during Money in the Bank tonight, Seth Rollins got some new theme music. Not that much of a banger. I didn't really enjoy it. But it was good that Seth Rollins got new music that fits his personality quite well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the the burn it down kind of got burnt out real fast. (laughs) For sure. No pun intended. uh, No no pun intended. But uh, yeah, that definitely... uh, Talk about worn out. That song got beat to the ground. I'm mean, not saying it was bad. Not saying it was ever bad. No. Certainly a banger of a wrestling entrance theme. But uh, nope, definitely uh, definitely played its course. That's for sure. But uh, we have McIntyre come out, of course, to the uh, bagpipes per usual. Uh, they go back and forth to start out the match. Rollins uh, rolls into a few different submissions on McIntyre. McIntyre reaches out and uh, breaks up the submission. Uh, he, Seth then goes on to get some offense on McIntyre. He lands a beautiful frog splash, uh, gets a two count. He then introduces the chair, and then he throws it out of the ring. Uh, They go back at it. They go up to the top rope. Rollins lands a superplex, and then a falcon arrow for a two count. Uh, Through this match, I mean, this is really a match. Yes, this was a really good match. I wrote down that Drew McIntyre is really, really good, dot, 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 and so is Seth Rollins. This match quite impressed me, well, with both competitors, with Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre. I'm going to spoil it a little bit, a little earlier than I should, but Drew McIntyre ends up winning against Seth Rollins, which makes Drew look really good, but Seth also put on a pretty good show doing whatever it took. He landed, I believe it was three knees on the outside. He ran into Drew McIntyre three times and hit the knee on him quite a bit. 
And so it really showed that Seth Rollins was trying to do everything he can to put away the WWE champion and did not pull it off as well. So we get into this um, little bit of a fight. And so Drew McIntyre hits the Glasgow's kiss onto Seth Rollins. And then he comes back with a super kick. Drew McIntyre falls back to the ropes, runs, and Claymore kicks Seth Rollins and ends up winning the match like that. This match overall was pretty good. One of the more enjoyable matches of tonight. I don't think it was as enjoyable as the main event tonight, which was indeed the Money in the Bank ladder match. Well, uh, just before you finish that up, I think, no, this was probably match of the night just because it was a wrestling match. And I Okay, am, to be uh, fair, then yes. I am for all things wrestling, uh, that's for sure. But You uh, like Orange no, Cassidy. This was a great match. I like his character. I don't like him as a wrestler, okay. But uh, anyway, uh, great wrestling match. I think the handshake ordeal at the end, did oh, yes. you really need it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What did you think about the whole handshake? I think it shows Drew McIntyre that he really likes having, you know, that tough competition with people. I didn't really, I don't really enjoy people shaking hands after they fight. You know, you see it a lot of independent shows that after these guys have matches, they'll shake each other's hands and then, you know, one will raise the other hand, you know, and I don't like typically seeing that. But for Drew McIntyre to have his, I can, I mean, I don't know. Can you call it his first real match for the world title? I don't yes. really think you can count the Big Show match because no, that obviously stupid. that didn't happen. So I guess his first real title defense. And I think it really shows that Drew does enjoy having that competition. And, you know, and I don't know <laughs> really what else to say, but more matches to come like that and be as competitive as Seth was. Yeah, but it, does this mean he's going to shake everybody's hand after every title match he has? Oh, no, I don't believe so. I I just think Seth Rollins was a real competitor compared to guys like Andrade or Angel Garza that he wrestled for like eight minutes on the main event of Raw and basically killed him. Yeah, so I, I hope not. So that's for sure. But uh, I don't know if we really needed that, but I, I can see it. I understand it, why uh, they did it. So, anyway, uh, before we get into the main event, I wanted to mention that 2K Battlegrounds video game looks terrible. I mean, I, I understand it's an arcade game, but it looks like something on, like, a Wii, like 2010. <laughs> We're in 2020. We're coming out with new... Where the Xbox... The new Xbox and the new PlayStation are coming out this year. And they're they're, like, taking four steps back. I mean, they took two steps back with 2K20. They took four steps back with a stupid arcade kitty game. I guess with everything going on right now, they're not able to work on a full-on game, which does make sense. I think after 2K20, they should have definitely taken, you know, a break from making wrestling games to make an overall better one the year to come. So it does look a little goofy. I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to enjoy it. I bet I will to some extent, but I don't think I'll be playing this every day like I used to uh, with WWE 13 when I would come home every day, you know? Oh, same here. I mean, WWE 13 with the Attitude Era storyline. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -mm -mm, that was good That was stuff. the best. And The Rock yeah, was, was in the game, stuff. I think. Oh, 
Or was it Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Then it was Mike Tyson. That was good stuff. 14 was The Rock. 14, Rock was on the cover. 13, it was... Oh, awesome, Daniel Bryan was, too. Daniel Bryan was on the cover of that. If you flip The Rock one, uh, Daniel Bryan was also on the cover of it. I did not know that. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I always had The Rock cover. And then I didn't know if you flipped it over, Daniel Bryan was on it. Uh, if I still have the game, I'll have to send you a picture of it. Or I could just uh, text it to you. I did not know that. Anyway, uh, we'll get right into it here uh, before the main event. We had our truth said he was going to sack. He's going to sack Tom Brady. <laughs> he really meant Grob. Uh, oh, Grob. Rob Gronkowski, who is our 24-7 champion. And, you know, he won it at WrestleMania. And he hasn't been back since then. So our truth is indeed missing his baby, a.k.a. The 24-7 championship. Yes, uh, Rob Gronkowski, our 24-7 champion, and also uh, new uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer with his buddy Tom down in Tampa. Uh, that's a whole different discussion for another day, but uh, his, name <laughs> is not, his name is not Ron. No, no. Rob. Oh, who was saying Ron? Ron Gronkowski? Who was saying that? Oh, come on. Ron Gronkowski. I can't think of who was saying that. I definitely remember someone saying it, though. Don't tell me you don't remember. You should know this. Wasn't you? No, wasn't me. Someone much, much more important than me. Ron Gronkowski. Man, I forget. I don't know. Uh, how about a one James E. Cornette? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I, I was getting so annoyed now. I was like, Oh, man, who said that? And I was like, oh, damn James E. Cornette. But, yeah, I do remember. I think he still calls him Ron Gronkowski to this day. But I remember listening to his podcast and being like, oh, my God, this guy keeps on calling him Ron. That's so annoying. I mean, now it's funny. But here we go. Uh, oh, no, just I lied. Uh, Becky is going to confront the Money in the Bank winner. Uh, oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Huge spoiler. I mean, I, mean, if, I don't know. <laughs> why? I mean, why, why would they do that? I don't get. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm going to get a little in depth about this. For them, I wrote that. The first thing I wrote was, quote, unquote, Becky Lynch confronts Money in the Bank winner. Because they advertised it before the, uh, they aired the show. So I texted you. They were already pretty much saying, uh, one of the Raw women's talent is going to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. And I'm thinking to myself, why would they already spoil it like that? You already know someone from SmackDown isn't going to come like to Raw and confront Becky Lynch. It's obviously going to be one of the Raw girls. And we were both texting each other. We also forgot to say who's going to win the Money in the Bank ladder match on Friday or Saturday's podcast, I should say. We forgot to mention who we think would win. But we both were thinking that Shayna Baszler was going to win. It only really made sense that Shayna was going to win, only because she wrestled Becky Lynch at Mania. But we were wrong, and I don't want to spoil it just yet, but they did indeed spoil it by saying Becky Lynch is going to confront whoever, quote-unquote, whoever wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah, so that was one thing. And a few weeks ago, they ran the same commercial. And they said Randy Orton was going to face Edge. It was like Orton 
versus Edge. Now it's just Orton, Edge, next Monday. Like, why would they advertise a match and then go back on it? I don't. They had to like exactly clarify sure. it. I didn't. I know you might have missed it, but they for sure said Orton versus Edge, and now they're not facing each other. I know this was a problem. Like a few. Like this was brought up like uh, recently. Before I just brought this up today, that uh, someone had mentioned they're going to face each other again, and then on Twitter I think they clarified that they're going to do like a face off or something. So no oh. match, even though they advertised a match a few weeks ago. I want to point that out too. I do remember them saying that it's going to be Edge, excuse me, Edge versus Randy Orton. And I'm thinking, I because I remember talking about it, I was thinking to myself, I want to see another match between Randy Orton and Edge. That match from WrestleMania was literally 40 minutes. I don't want to see another match that's going to go on like an hour or something ridiculous like that. Of course, I'm over-exaggerating by saying that, but I don't want to see those two, like, near each other for the longest time after that main, I mean, I mean, event, but that wrestling match. Yeah, no doubt there. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're in, we're in for a treat tomorrow night. That's for sure. Or tonight when we, when this comes out. Yeah. For per usual. sure. Yes. Per sir. usual. So, uh, before we get into it, I know we forgot our, um, uh, predictions on Saturday when the SmackDown podcast came out. But uh, who did you... I think we uh, we had the same guy and same girl winning this match. To be fair, I had technically three people winning. I said for the women's ladder match, it was going to be Shayna Baszler who was going to win. And then I didn't really know exactly who was going to win the men's, but I only had some idea. I was thinking to myself... Well, I was trying to think logically if, you know, if they're really trying to get Drew McIntyre to be this really good champion, I can't imagine him being screwed over by the Money in the Bank contract. So I was thinking to myself, it must be a SmackDown guy. And Daniel Bryan's already pretty much established. King Corbin's just doing whatever. So to me, for Raw, I said that AJ could have won. But I was leaning more towards Otis because I'm a little bit biased when I say that. I love those. But I was thinking of, well, technically, obviously, they wanted Roman Reigns to win against Goldberg at WrestleMania, which didn't happen. So they had to go with their second choice, Braun Strowman. And so, you know, I really did see Otis Dozovic winning this match. But I didn't really think it was realistic, to be honest. Yeah, me either. Uh, I didn't really expect. I think he was just kind of do his thing with Dolph and Mandy and Sonya for a little bit. But I think that's kind of thrown out the window. And poor Tucker, man. I mean, he's he's dead in the water now. I mean, you could still make him a tag team. But, you know, Otis is going to have a little more shine only because he's the Money in the Bank winner. Oh, oh my God, I spoiled it. <laughs> oh, man, I feel bad. Anyway, no, uh, we had the same winner. Uh, both in Shayna and AJ. And we were both very wrong. I was surprised. So we'll get right into it. Uh, they have the women start on in the main lobby. They had the guys start in the gym, which is not on the ground floor, I don't think. Is it? No, I don't believe it is. No, so that was a lie. There was a first lie there. I don't think there were too many others, but there was a first lie. They said they were both going to start on the bottom floor. Sure enough, they don't, but that's okay. 
obviously you can't have more than a group of 10 people in the same room at once, which wrestling has uh, not followed before. And social distancing was surely not applied here, but it's the corporate ladder match. You're going to climb to the top of the roof. Anyway, uh, first thing, why are they attacking each other? Just run. I was thinking about that myself. I was thinking if all these 12 competitors are going to be starting at the exact same time, they would be in the exact same place. And I literally envisioned it like they were going to be in a race, like three, two, one, go. And everyone would just be running at each other. But I guess you could say that this is a wrestling match and then they have to wrestle. So it didn't make sense why they did wrestle each other. But I also do understand that they should have just ran to the roof because that's what I somewhat expected. Uh, so they do that there. Um, we had the first cameo here was uh, oh, before that. Oscar uh, took the elevator, listen to my advice, but didn't get off at the floor before the roof. I didn't note that. Why would she take the elevator not to the last floor? Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. You know, well, someone now, must have, as they were fighting in the elevator, someone must have pressed the button by the button. accident. Yeah, that, that's what I was just about to say. So, yeah, because she got off at the floor where they were all trying to hit the button. Now I think of it. So, I mean, I hope that she put that all the way up. But how would they know what floor she's going to? That's another thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. I do really, really quickly want to say. So, do you remember who was the first guy to come out? first guy to come out of the gym? No, uh, well, while they were doing their entrances, because I remember the second man. I just forget the first one. Uh, the first one? Uh, AJ. Well, oh, yeah, AJ. Okay. But I was, I don't know why I couldn't figure that out. But so it comes out as AJ and then Doze. And then Doze is just making all these comments, and I'm just laughing to myself. And all these other guys are coming out, and Doze just keeps on doing these comments. Like, Ray Mysterio comes out, and then Doze is like, oh, yeah, look at the colors, Ray. And, like, I was just dying laughing to myself. And I'm thinking, how was no one laughing at Doze? Like, his personality is just so infectious. I don't get how anyone isn't laughing. I get that they're just trying to do their jobs. But, man, I don't know. If I was around Doze, I couldn't just help but to laugh in all honesty yeah I, I couldn't lie i laughed a few times at him just because of pure stupidity of what he was saying but uh no it was definitely funny uh they go out the guys start in the gym girls start on the bottom floor oscar is the first one to get the advantage taking the elevator uh i think it was like corbin brian black ray stops in the bathroom and uh we had our first legend cameo in Brother Love, uh, you said, Hello, I love you. brothers and sisters. Yeah, you said, I love you. Uh, Ray said, I love you too, but I have to go. Uh, we go on to see Brother Love washing his hands. Uh, nice, uh, you know. Uh, what is it? the nice, guidelines. Yes, nice, very courteous of him to wash his hands, obviously. So uh, we go back and we follow. Oh, boy, this, there was just so much to uh, unpack here. I wrote Brother Love, LOL. And then we had AJ at one point going through the halls. Um, he passes a a picture of Rey Mysterio because Rey wouldn't help him in the gym. He punches the picture of Rey Mysterio, which is 
probably like one of those hard pictures on a wall. So I don't imagine why he did that. But did you notice what happened after he punched his wall and started walking? I did indeed. He turned was a little, the, yep. a little foreshadowing, perhaps. I would say so. So hmm. AJ Styles turns the corner and he freezes. And guess what the picture was? The Undertaker. Oh, so the I was music... going to say before that. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> they panned while well, he was walking down the hallway. They weren't panning to him. They were panning to a picture of Roman at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, that too. Well, it's not as important as The Undertaker. So for all you stupid people saying Roman's banned forever. Oh, yeah. Roman By the back. way, we got to talk about okay? that. He's not banned. Okay, you idiots. That is Vince McMahon's boy. Why would they ban Roman Reigns, who they're pretty much hoping to get ratings for on SmackDown? That is... It's honestly so dumb for people to think that Roman Reigns is banned after all the Make-A-Wish stuff that he's done for, you know, sick kids and whatnot. No way they're just going to ban Roman Reigns. That was just so dumb. He's at his house because he's worried about, you know, the, um, the coronavirus going around. And, you know, with his leukemia and whatnot, he doesn't want to get anything, you know, close to making him sick again or something along those lines, I'm assuming. But I think his point was more for his kids. I think they had like brand new, like eight, eight week, like the kids are eight weeks old or something. Oh, he just so it was him baby? being like a dad thing. So it wasn't so much his sickness. He said it was more his family, which oh, I okay, that was my I mean, bad then. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah, having eight week old boys. I mean, <laughs> and going out like, hey, I'm gonna go wrestle for in a pandemic. See ya, bye. Like that'd yeah. be kind of tough. That's a tough decision to make, obviously. So. Roman is back uh, on a picture, at least. So if he was really banned, they wouldn't have a picture of him. But uh, move on to what you were saying with the little foreshadowing. The Undertaker. Hmm. The Undertaker, definitely back. And also, I just want to say, the, do- the like many documentary series that they're doing on The Undertaker looks phenomenal. No pun intended. But I totally want to watch that. I don't know about you, but I totally want to watch it. Yeah, after this, I'm definitely going to watch it. Then I'm going to watch The uh, Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, good stuff. Oh, how is that? Oh, it's awesome. Really? Oh, I'm I know you're not much that. of a, a sports fanatic, but, I mean, Michael Jordan's pretty, you know. Big. Pretty big. He, yeah, I, mean, I know I mean, who Michael Jordan is. Anybody knows Michael Jordan. I know you would. But Space I know. Jam. But, yeah, yeah, that guy. Anyway, uh, so. <laughs> not but I thought it was. I thought it was kind of weird how they had a room with a, a coffin. It was the Undertaker's lights in it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, thinking that's that just too. A room. Like, if I were to go to the WWE headquarters now, that room's just going to be there with, like, the lights off and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with the lights gloomy and the smoke and there's just a random casket, you know, so AJ just gets some flashbacks from WrestleMania. So Alistair Black ends up coming down the hallway and kicks AJ Styles and locks him into the room. And AJ is pretty much screaming for help. I'm pretty sure the lock is on the inside where AJ was in the room. So he could have just gotten out of the room nice and easy. But for whatever reason, he just decided to stay in there. So let me follow my notes really quick. So we get to Paul Heyman. And he's trying to enjoy some of the catering at the... where, where um, What's the place called? Titan Towers. Let's just say that. 
Yeah, so, so then, he was he had a whole yeah. table, he had a whole spread to himself, which was very odd. I know he's a rather, you know, larger man, uh, no disrespect, but uh all that food for one guy seemed a little uh seemed a little weird. So then pretty much all the girls come in one side, all the guys come in on another, and then you just see Doe's get fired up because there's food around him, and then he just goes and then everyone just starts throwing food at each other. You know, people are hitting another. And then Nia Jax ends up putting Carmella through one of the tables. Oh, I also forgot to mention, Doe's throws like a whole plate of food onto Paul Heyman, which pretty much starts the food fight. But Nia powerbombs Carmella onto the table, breaks it, and then Doe's and Nia face off in this like weird eye contact thing. And then they both just walk pretty much where they came out, uh, came in the room. And what else happened? Happened. So Doe's gets, he finds himself into a kitchen. And so he gets distracted with all the food. And then he sees a pie. Then he goes, pies. And then who comes back? Who probably should have been kept off TV? John Laurinaitis. And so he goes. Oh, Johnny Ace. Then he goes. People power. And then Doe's pies him, which I'm assuming for some people actually involved in the wrestling business, that they enjoyed seeing John Laurinaitis get pied in the face. You know, he's been notorious for some bad stuff. I'm not going to get into that. But did you know anything else before this that I said or no? Um, no, I saw... Uh... Oh, when AJ got locked in, I go, is this it for AJ? He was my pick after all, but... uh. Obviously, I was wrong. I mean, AJ pops out of the middle of nowhere. He said, I said, AJ isn't dead. And uh, we move on from there. So then we get AJ and Daniel Bryding fighting down the hallway. And then whose office do they go into? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And you know, I didn't even see Vince in the background. The reason I knew it was Vince's office was because of the giant dinosaur to the right of the um, TV. I was like, oh, man, that's Vince McMahon's office. And sure enough, he was just sitting there at his desk. Vince pretty much stands up. Daniel Bryan and AJ both stare at him. Vince tells him, out. So then AJ and Daniel Bryan fix the chairs and they stop fighting and then they just walk out of the room. And then Daniel Bryan was pretty much like, AJ, you told us to fix the chairs. And then AJ was like, yeah, you're right. And then they both just start hammering each other. That was a pretty cool cameo by Vince McMahon. But did you note how when Vince McMahon turned his back to the camera and went to his little desk, that there was a picture of Andre the Giant? Did you see that? No, I did not. I did not see that. Oh, well, I love Andre the Giant. So it was pretty obvious for me to see that that giant man in the picture was indeed Andre the Giant. I just, you know, I love Andre the Giant, of course. I don't know why. There's just something about him. I guess since he was in one of my favorite 80s movies, The Princess Bride, that he's just one of my favorite, I well, yeah, favorite wrestlers, I would say. So then we get Asuka and Nia to be the first people in the ring on the roof of the building. And then in comes Lacey Evans. And so... You know, everyone's pretty much trying to climb. Everyone's pulling off each other. Then, who was it? Who was it? Oh, it's King Corbin. He tries to climb as Oscar tries to climb. And then they did this weird exchange 
where Corbin was trying to reach for his briefcase, but Nia Jax was, I mean, no, not Nia Jax, Asuka was like trying to hit him away from his own briefcase. And so as he tried to reach, Asuka hit him, he falls down, gets thrown outside of the ring. And then Asuka ends up winning the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, which we both did not expect. As we said, we expected Shayna Baszler to win, but Asuka ends up winning. How do you feel? Yeah, Shayna was nowhere close. I mean, I don't really feel for that whole deal. I don't really, I could say I don't care for the women's division, but I mean, it's kind of like, oh, cool. I mean, we're just kind of like running through it again. I mean, Becky has already beaten Oscar. She's already beaten Shayna. She's beaten. I don't think she's really beaten Nia. So that would have been kind of interesting to see. Um, Carmella's already got her time. Dana Brooks still has a lot of potential. Lacey Evans even could have been cool to see. But I think Lacey's got a, a shot locked up, you know, probably at the next pay per view with Bailey. So we'll have to see where that goes. Um, but Oscar winning, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, Asuka winning, she's already established. Does she really need it? You could have just given it to Shayna Baszler and made a pretty big deal out of her, considering that's what they were trying to do months prior with her facing off Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. So it was a little bit, it threw the both of us off, I would say. Asuka ends up winning. So then AJ Styles gets into the ring. And who else came? Oh, Otis Dozovic ends up going into the ring. So AJ and King Corbin are both on the ladder. And so they both take down the briefcase. But AJ, well, yeah, AJ, Corbin's both still holding on to it. Corbin's like, it's mine. AJ hits Corbin off. And AJ still has the money in the bank briefcase in his hands. But it slips away from him. And who does it land on to? The only person left in the ring, Otis. And he is officially your winner of the 2020 Money in the Bank ladder match. And I screamed, I'm not going to, I'm going to paraphrase because I said some pretty vulgar stuff. I said, let's go. Oh my God. I was so hyped when Otis Dozovic won. I know you weren't, I, well, I don't believe you were too thrilled with it. I know my dad was because me and my dad both love Otis Dozovic. And to me, I think he's just on top of the world right now. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I don't I don't hate the idea there. I think it was one key part where AJ and Corbin were going at it. And the only reason why Cor- well, Corbin had the briefcase and AJ had it too. Uh, Elias came back, hit oh, Corbin yes. with the guitar. Uh, Corbin drops to the ground. AJ still has it, fumbles the briefcase, ends up in Otis's hands. Otis wins, of course, but... Uh, no, I didn't really have a problem that I would have liked to see AJ win. And then him and McIntyre could have definitely had some great matches. But Otis win the briefcase. I think uh, they give him a few months and uh, he'll definitely be a star. Whether or not he has a title opportunity or a belt around his waist. He is seriously, I've said it before, I'll say it again. He is the best part of SmackDown. Anytime he is on my TV, he does nothing but entertain I know you're not exactly too fond of him, I would say. I know I definitely enjoy him way more than you do because he's just got that goofball type of humor. And I'm not all about humor and wrestling being in the same category. 
but Doze does it in a sense that it's enjoyable, but it also works and it doesn't make the wrestling overall look bad. So with Otis now being the 2020 winner of the Money in the Bank ladder match, I think there is nothing but potential with Otis Dozovic being the WWE Universal Champion at some point. So this is definitely the more interesting storyline than the women's because there are so many moving pieces in the title picture on SmackDown right now between Braun and Bray and Roman. When is when are we going to see him again? You know, so it, it's all a matter of time to see, you know, what happens with Otis and who he cashes in on or, you know, who's champion at the time or who's facing the champ, like that kind of deal. So, I mean, the women's match is very transparent uh, to say for, you know, Raw. But the Universal Championship picture is very up in the air right now, considering, you know, Roman was supposed to be the guy. And now we just kind of have a placeholder in Strowman. So it's really all up in the air, to say the least. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say. But honestly, there is going to be nothing but greatness now that Otis has the girl. And now he's also got the Money in the Bank briefcase. His career is only going to succeed, and I cannot wait to see what Otis Dozovic does on Friday Night SmackDown. That is, if he is on, which I'm assuming he will be. Yeah, one quick thing we forgot to know was that just Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black casually got dumped off the side of the roof. See, I don't think it was exactly the side of the roof. I just think it was over you know, what they had as a barricade. I don't think they really threw them off the roof. You could clearly tell when they did the wide shot that you could see where... Yeah, there was a space there. Yeah, there was a space there. So I don't think that they really, you know, threw them off the building or anything like that. But more along the lines of, like, you know, they're out of the equation for the match. But they also did that weird sound effect thing, which I thought was totally unneeded. Yeah, no, it's clear that we know that it, they're not going to be thrown 80 feet to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Thud. Yeah. As obviously, they'd be dead. Yeah, exactly. That's murder. Yes, it is murder. But uh, anyway, we'll see if they show up to Raw tomorrow. I mean, if I hope not. <laughs> I bet you they tr- will. Yeah, I bet you they will. They shouldn't, but that's okay. But uh, Money in the Bank, May 10th. Mother's Day, uh, one to ten, five being average, money in the bank. What did we think? Oh, um, seven point one. Wow, that's very high. It was a pretty decent show. You know, we it had was, it, who it, else? It was it was a better night of wrestling, uh, in recent memory, that's for sure. So, uh, I don't know. I think I, I think I'm gonna give it a six point. Oh no, that's. A 6.8. 6.8 is my final score. Mm. So, I think, mm. it was, I think it was pretty good, all things considered with wrestling right now. I'm going to be a little generous in the sense that, you know, this was good. But I'm going to give it credit because it was, it was good. And you know what? It wasn't really as goofy as I thought it would be. And these cinematic matches kind of are on the goofy side and the dopey side. But, I mean, between the cameos and the food fight, they, they got the point across with them climbing to the top. It, maybe it even could have been longer. 
Yeah, I think for sure it could have been longer. I mean, you definitely could have done more stuff, but I think the match was honestly perfect the way it was. Yeah, I bet there was only there. I bet there was a lot that they had that they probably cut out to begin with. Maybe, yeah. I w- I would only assume that you know, considering it was edited heavily edited, as you can tell. But uh, nope, mm-hmm. can't went off without a hitch. Uh, Six point eight for me. What did you have again, real quick? Seven point uno. Seven point one. Not too bad there for you. Uh, anything before I start to wrap it up here? A quick uh, half episode here, or full episode, whatever you want. It's going to be eleven point five. How about that? Okay. So, do we have predictions for how many times Alina Vega is going to be on Raw tomorrow? Considering that none of she wasn't even on this show and none of our guys were, I think we're going to only see her once tomorrow. Well, okay. Mm, I don't know about that. I'm going to I'm going to take back that number. I'm going to say 3 times. 3 times. I was you know, I almost said 3, but I'm going to say 4. How about that? Wow. Really one up me. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. So I Zelina think... Vega Zelina Vega counter is gonna be a three for me, four from you. What were you about to say? I said I think considering Zelina wasn't on TV at all tonight and that, you know, none of her guys were even in the money in the bank ladder match, I think she's only going to be involved so much on Raw tomorrow or today as you're listening to this. Yes, so this will be out at our normal time just on a Monday. We're gonna be hard at work this week. We have, what, four podcasts coming your way, including this one. So be sure to stay tuned. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at J&J Wrestling Pod to keep track of all our content, all of our releases on Spotify. And follow us on Spotify, J&J Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to search that up. Uh, follow us there. Listen to all our previous podcasts as we are 11 and a half episodes in. And uh, any last words before I uh, wrap it up for realsies? No, just want to say thank you. Happy Mother's Day to all the great mothers out there. I had a great day with my stepmother at the beginning of the day. I had a great evening with my actual mom. I just want to say both, dear mama, thank you so much for the terrific day that I had. I hope they both had a terrific day. They both don't even listen to my podcast. But I'm just going to say it anyway because... I can show them this at some point, and they'll be definitely pleased to hear about this. Yes, ditto to my mom. I got her flowers and a card. Not a big deal. I'm sure you uh, probably did because <laughs> you forgot. I didn't get my mom's anything. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. The best, anyway. the best gift. You know, they can't even celebrate that day if it wasn't for me, you know? I heard of the, it's the thought that counts. I'm not That's wrong. A big one too. I'm not wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, anyway, uh, <laughs> babies come from the store, as we all know. So, uh, anyway, we appreciate you all for listening. Make sure you keep safe during these uh, tough times. Keep washing your hands, and we will see you all tomorrow, Tuesday, for our review of Monday Night Raw and our wild card segment. Ooh. See you all tomorrow. See you later. <laughs>